Uh, welcome to Is It Wet? My name is Sophie. And I'm Caitlin. I'm a Libra. (laughs) I'm a Gemini. And we're here to figure out, you know, is it wet? Is it wet? And by that, we're really, wetness takes on many forms, but we're really analyzing it through the prism of movies. How wet are the movies of our childhood, of our present, of, of the past? And when we say wet, we mean how just fucking goopy is this movie? Yep, goopy and shiny. Squelchy. Yeah, we could just dive right in and talk about mm-hmm. the very first thing I see when I hit play on The Matrix is a ripply, shiny green surface. And mm-hmm. yeah. I realize that then you, it's just the Warner Brothers logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's, but it matters, even though it's just the Warner Brothers logo, I think it matters yeah. because it's the very first image that you see. And so that, mm-hmm. they're making a statement. The very first thing that you see is ripply and green and shiny and you're like ooh, you you it's like setting the tone for yeah what you're in for yeah yeah and i think warner brothers is a is a wet production company i have no proof but i i am pretty sure as far as it goes if we i think in the warner brothers to disney sort of wetness spectrum disney very dry Warner Brothers is going to bring you, it's going to bring you some wetness. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. So yeah, so that's what you're getting when mm-hmm. you, you start this movie. Then there you go, right, right away. The signature uh, computer code that we all know and love is just dripping down dripping. the screen. You um, setting the metaphor for the rest of the movie and... In, in a lot of the stuff I was reading about mm-hmm. The Matrix, they obviously reference the code. And a lot of, like, they mm-hmm. all talk about it as code rain or digital rain. So mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing. Exactly what they were yeah. doing. They wanted it to, they wanted to make it rain digitally <laughs> and sparkly. I do, the first thing that I noticed, um, and this is a little Easter egg for... Um, for all you nerds out there, is the door at the beginning, I think the door that Trinity goes into, uh, it says 303 on it. Okay. And I think that is a reference. I think that is actually a prediction of what will become the wettest band of the 2000s, 303. Whoa. Uh, this is this is huge what you've uncovered. We're not even just right off the bat. I was like, wow. Uh, is this I don't I I don't want to say because again, science fiction, cyberpunk, it's all about predicting the future and uh, setting up potential models or ideas that that may that may come up and the fact that they predict like it's like the simpsons it's like they predicted the rise and fall of the boulder based frat uh frat pop bands 303 incredible yeah incredible just visionary yes visionary wow i love that see this is this is why i had to talk to other people about this because 
I would have never even thought about that. And I, I love it. I love how the Matrix really set the tone for the 2000s in so many ways. All of our senses, all of them, the sounds, the bands, um, something I learned about the clothing designers in this movie or the clothing designer was mm-hmm. that it technically, I mean, I think we all kind of know this, but I didn't really realize it was a real thing that, oh man. And I forget who the famous designer is cause I don't know famous designers, but someone took like direct inspiration from the matrix to like launch their new fall line. Mm-hmm. And so it really, I was thinking, oh, the fashion in the 2000s looks so much like the the stuff they were wearing in the Matrix, but that's because it totally was. Yeah. It actually set the tone for like how the 2000s were going to look, I think. And yeah, and how wet they were going to be just Yes. politically, fashion-wise, people's skin was just Yeah. So wet, so yeah. Because so much. everyone put like body glitter on themselves, and like yeah, yeah. There was just like a um. I thought of a new word that can we can add to our definition. Um, iridescent. One of the characters, mm-hmm. the nails. I just kept looking at them, and I'm like, yeah, they would paint their nails mm-hmm. with like that iridescent, pearl pearlescent mm-hmm. uh, thing, because that's what mm-hmm. that was like. What the lip gloss was back then. Um, it was it was oh, just yeah, like, lip gloss was huge. A juicy tracks velour tracksuit <laughs> yes. is so. Such a wet statement. Yes. You're like, I am just going to adorn myself in in this monochromatic, yeah, iridescent bubblegum pink. Honestly, just one one of the best, bravest fashion moments. Yes. To me. <laughs> I did not appreciate it at the time. Uh, but now I'm like, I wish I wish people would just, you know, wear uh head to toe toe velvet yeah it's really a shame people don't do that it's really hot Mm -hmm. that's the thing that i thought about the whole time during this was the the materials used to create Mm -hmm. clothing during this time period were just they're uh not breathable they just really weren't it was i learned a new thing that i kept looking at trinity's clothing and being like what is that even made out of I want to say pleather but I know that that's not quite correct and it's pvc okay yeah and that was like they used because it's cheap this movie had a very Mm -hmm. low budget surprisingly because it's gorgeous as we all know um um, it looks holds up it is so the movie holds up so well it really does but they surprisingly had a low budget so they were just like anything that we want everything to look leathery, but just use PVC because it's mm-hmm. cheaper, but it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, that's that really stuck out to me that I was like, why the materials that we use to make clothing, that there's a reason why we don't wear PVC from head to toe <laughs> anymore. And I love that what I love is that they they can they can manipulate the matrix. Again, I'm, this movie is so good. I'm going to say on record, um, I still don't understand all of it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put my dumb bitch cards on the table. Like, I love it. Thought I understood it when I saw it as, as a 10-year-old. Thought I understood it when I was 20. 
I'm going to be real with you. I don't like computers. I don't know. But the characters can manipulate the Matrix, so they can look, they can wear anything when they go in, right? One, uh, the unplugged people. These are the, the fits that they're, they're choosing to wear. And I, and I wonder if they can uh, make them more comfortable and easier to move around in. Yeah, I, yeah, like, can they make, like, any material that their mind thinks of? Like, oh, I want it to look like PVC, but really when yeah. the, when you're wearing it, it feels like mithril or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's the was, softest? <laughs> as light as a feather and as hard as dragon scales. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it if they can do stuff like that. They would have to because yeah. I kept thinking, why would Trinity choose to be doing flips and stuff in right in that? She could mm-hmm. ostensibly pick any type of clothing that she wants, and yet she chooses to wear something that I would think would constrict her. But right, and and why would Morpheus wear the tiniest sunglasses? So. I so I'm obsessed with because it's awesome it is it's because it's awesome and he's cooler than you so I'm obsessed with the fashion or the costume designer on this movie the costume designer on this movie is Kim Barrett Kim with a y because that's awesome love it and love it uh Kim has said I wanted Trinity to seem like an oil slick She's there, but she's not there. She's ever-present, and she tricks your eye. She's there when you least expect it. But of all the terms that the person who knows Trinity's look more than anyone, the person that that created it, an oil slick, that is so perfect. It's the greasiest, goopiest... That's what they wanted their... One of their main characters to look like, (laughs) and achieved it 100%. I want one of our main characters to look like just a natural disaster. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just like an explosion. And she looks, she's fantastic. Um, and I love, and that was not criticizing Morpheus' sunglasses because I, I fucking love them. But I do like in the pill offering scene, mm-hmm. it's just, again, might be my under- misunderstanding of the Matrix it's just the darkest room imaginable that they're in. Yeah. And he's wearing just very dark sunglasses. And maybe he can just, he doesn't need to see because of Matrix powers. But I just would like to think he can't see anything. <laughs> and like, he's just like, all right. I think I have the right pills in the right yeah, hand. Yeah, he's like, he I'm turns, sure this is the red one. Morpheus turns to Trinity, he's like, which one did he pick? I can't, I can't tell which one he picked. I hope that, I hope that was the red pill. Yeah. These sunglasses, it's really hard to differentiate the colors. Um, so something fun about those sunglasses, the, yeah, the, oh, the costume designer. Please. Um, they, uh, they like, hired some very famous, prestigious uh, sunglass maker. Apparently, at, at some point, the studio was trying to push, like, a collaboration with Sunglass Hut. Like, let's do, like, a sponsored thing um, and okay. do a bunch of product placement. But the Wachowskis were like, no, we are going to get this person that does bespoke sunglasses, like, very high-end, and... Because they were so, the sunglasses were 
fitted so that they could only fit the actor wearing them. Um, like, mm-hmm. no one could... They couldn't be reproduced. So each actor got two sunglasses, two pairs of sunglasses for the entire production. And if they couldn't fuck them up because they were, like, these bespoke pieces that um, they probably, like, auctioned them off later at, oh. at some point. Or, like, I bet they're in a museum somewhere in a some sort of mm-hmm. costume collection. But, yeah, those were some... So those sunglasses were a an investment for for that movie i i love that i that is just so theatrical and really shows the care put into this movie that it's like all right you get two of these priceless sunglasses (laughs) you're gonna do all these stunts yeah, exactly. You figure it out. Yeah, exactly. The the designer was, was probably like, oh, he's like delivering them on a pillow. And he's like, please make sure you're very careful with them. And he walks into the set and it's just like exploding concrete and marble everywhere. And he's like, what is this movie? I thought this was some period piece based on, you know, what you wanted me to do with these. Is this an action movie? Oh, dear. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, um, you know. Yeah. So, we're not even five minutes in. Um, we're not even five <laughs> minutes in. I mean, the first thing you notice is the green filter, which, yes. of course, correct me if I'm wrong, again, dumb bitch. Um, the green filter is when they're in the Matrix, correct? Yes, that is to signify okay. the Matrix, yeah. There's something about that filter that just makes everything look so goofy. Oh, so yeah. just Sweaty. like slide right down it. They make it look like every character has like body odor. <laughs> you know? Which makes you think that they're sweaty and that they're grimy, you know? Mm-hmm. And even Neo's cubicle, his his office, which it like traditionally in film is a dry environment. Mm-hmm. It just looks disgusting. Yep, exactly. It's just like the papers are are just have this. It's like everything has like a green film on it, like a, a pond scum on it. Yes, and I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And what's interesting is that da- it's similar to the David Fincher filter, mm-hmm. but most of his movies very dry. Yeah, very dry. And again, and I think it does come down to, no offense, David Fincher, is that David Fincher could not make this movie. Like, the Wachowskis could make Fight Club, David Fincher could not make this movie. Yes, absolutely. Going back to the first five minutes of the movie, the reliance on landlines, on payphones. Oh yeah. Listen. Oh my god. I didn't I mean I did think about it. Like I it I it registered in my brain. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> pay phones or whatever." But I didn't think about it until now that that's how it works. That's how they get in and out of Yes. the matrix. They have Which to again, pick up I don't understand. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they it's like a a hard system where they they explain how that works. Exactly. You just I I think it's a thing where if it's like it was in that time during dial-up. So if, like, 
your mom's on the phone. You can't go into the Matrix yeah. right now. Yeah. Because the phone's in use. So, so you gotta get out of the Matrix because someone needs to use a phone. So I think I think it's di- the Matrix is a dial-up system. Oh, yeah. No, the Matrix is totally a dial-up system. Uh, and yeah, because there's, there's... That's what... Because um, Tank and Dozer, they can't go into the Matrix... Uh. I know. Yeah. I I just like typed out. I was like, "Tank and Dozer marry me." Oh, I love them. Love, love them. their names. Lo- oh Tank, yes. Very wet, wonderful name. Uh, I know, but so, so they can't go into the Matrix in and out of the Matrix because they were born in mm-hmm. the real world. They were born in in Zion, yeah. so they can't mm-hmm. travel. They don't have the. Well, I was gonna say they don't have a modem. Yeah, they don't have a a whole. Well, so. <laughs> This is this is also why this movie is so wet. At one point, yeah. Neo looks at Tank and he's like, "You don't have any holes." And I was like, <laughs> "If if a dude is asking another dude if he has holes, that's a line that's going to be in a wet movie." Yeah, you know. So and like, great. We should yeah, we should ask that question. Yes, we should be talking. We should be talking about each other's holes with each other a lot more. That's what we love about yep. this movie. But mm-hmm. so yeah, so Tank doesn't have any holes, so he can't go into the Matrix. So he is the one that is like the engineer for them, but he always has to like find them a physical. He's like, "All right, 3 miles on this intersection and this intersection and they have to physically get to the landline phone." And I was just thinking like well, now I just answered my own question. I was like, why would they have it set up that way? But then we learn, I, I don't think I remembered this exactly, that it's not 1999. It's... Right. So Again, they could have used any amazing. technology. They could have used yeah. the technology that we have now. They could have used smartphones. Mm-hmm. They specifically use a world that has landlines. So... The Zion people, they're just working with what they're given. That's why they have to travel via landline. Okay, I get it. I get it. And we get those, like, punk, that group of punks that shows up. (laughs) And did you see what room? Sorry, I was was just paying attention to the room numbers. I was like, this is going to pay off. (laughs) I was like, I'm not sure I understand all of the... um, the technology in this movie, but I'm gonna hopefully understand the themes, and oh, I'm yeah. gonna understand the room numbers. So what? So what room does he live in? He's in room 101, which we know. Which I wonder <laughs> if that is a reference to 1984 as a dystopian, mm-hmm. as like that's the room where they uh, torture people. Oh, probably. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That's uh, a cute little east, like a little Easter egg, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Again, or an illusion. Yeah, to I think all dystopians um, relate back to 1984, which you know I'm not even going to get into whether that is a wet a wet dystopia or not. But uh, yes, anyway, just it goes to show you pay attention to to room numbers. Pay attention to room numbers because because you would know that because also like he's the one. Yeah, so. he's the one. Oh shit! <laughs> um, he is the one. He's the one, and yeah. so yeah, his his buddies show up, and like 
Wait, what were they there for again? They, like, give him a... They give him, like, a disc or something? I think it's, like, a... He's giving them drugs for a disc. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because... Yeah. He says something about mescaline. And I was like, I wonder... That's the first time I've caught that line. I wonder what I thought (laughs) that line was when I watched this in sixth grade or whatever it was. And I wonder if mescaline in the Matrix, if they got that right, or if it's, if it's like some other drug. Yeah, like, um, like Mouse says, you yeah. know, what if it's, yeah. what if, yeah, exactly. What if they're, <laughs> what, if, they're what if the machines think we mescaline think mescaline? <laughs> yeah, everybody just gets sleepy. So they show up and then we go to the club. Ugh, uh, it is. Uh, the club, Okay. A personal aesthetic of mine that I love mm-hmm. is a basement 90s vampire nightclub yes. from a vampire movie. So, like, uh, the club in Blade, yeah. uh, probably there's a club in the Underworld movies. Just, oh, you, yeah. Just that sort of aesthetic, like, awful uh, techno, just keep people writhing in leather. I love it. Um, it's giving me that, and I love, and I love it. Yeah, um, I wrote extremely um, wet. I wrote butts in leather pants and dark corners. Like that's what yes. you just see, like yeah. butts in tight leather pants in a corner, and that, and yeah. like laser beams through uh, smoke. You gotta have that in a yeah. in a in a club. Yeah. Um, so, and this is okay. Yeah. So this is fun uh, from the production side. The that club they go to is a real club called the Hellfire Club in Sydney, Australia, where they filmed most of the movie. And the Wachowskis were just like, everybody just show up and act normal uh-huh. and just be going about a regular club night. Just Keanu Reeves is gonna be over here in the in this part and just go about mm-hmm. your business. And so that's why it, I think this um, mm-hmm. factors into what we were talking about in the last episode where like the, Maybe the raw and real or something is you're allowed to get like grit. It just appears grittier. So I think e- yeah. even though we didn't know at the time that we saw it that this was a real club and none of those people were actors, they were all just like people at the club mm-hmm. that night. We could mm-hmm. subconsciously know that this was real. What we were watching, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's real people sweat and the real rubbery fashion choices on everyone because they just wore their yeah, clothes pe- to the People club. are sweating underneath a synthetic an unforgiving synthetic fabric that is not I think even calling it fabric is a, is a strange. I know, yeah. Um what I will say is that a Christ allegory story to me very wet. Oh, absolutely. Extremely wet. Aslan, yep. His whole process—he's just a wet character. Uh, the Bible, uh, Jesus Christ—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a wet story. It's a wet book. We don't have time to get into it. I'm just gonna say that. And uh, Frodo just—he gets into things, you know. And literally, the—I uh, think in the the sort of drug deal moment, mm-hmm. he says. You're my own personal Jesus Christ. Yeah, I wrote that down. Oh. He literally says, you are Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, and then, they beat you over the head with it by the end of the I love third it. one, I love too. it. And then Ugh. he goes and meets Trinity, yeah. which is great. Yeah. 
and that's that's great but also like the all the different readings are are awesome like i really this is the first time that i've watched it i, I was mentioning this to you thinking of it as a trans allegory and i think that really holds up and adds a whole other great dimension to it and significance to a lot of the scenes and sort of and rather it just being like uh society's bad <laughs> seeing it of the way that like yeah that our that gender can that every people. yeah that and that everything the awakening to the realization that like everything is really purposely constructed around us um and that yes. the way yeah. things have yeah. the way things have ended up the structures that we think we have in society aren't inevitable mm-hmm. it didn't ha- yeah. it like didn't ha- doesn't have to be the way that we've looked at things yes. um yeah. all the time in the past and yeah that's why like this movie holds up so so good it's it's so it's so good yep. Um, so, and I think reducing it to a Christ allegory is, it, 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 there's so much other things going on, yeah. but I did think it was funny. It was like, hello, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Love, um, just in case, just in case we didn't get it. <laughs> it's, again, I, it's, it, it's great. Yeah. Oh, um. I do you have any more nightclub thoughts? No, just just that uh, I I really appreciated that all of that the the butts in the corners and the and the leatheriness <laughs> and sliminess of everything was just those were real people. That was just what they caught that night, and I was like, oh yes, of course. They really captured what it was like to be a slimy slime ball in a nightclub in nineteen ninety nine. You know. <laughs> And it could only have been in in 1999 in a club like that where you're going to get, yeah, that, as you said, that authentic yeah. grime that, that uh, I imagine, I imagine that they edited out how squeaky. Yes. <laughs> squeaky everything must have been. Oh, people yes. People moving uh, throughout this movie. Just the squeak, the PVC on PVC. I know. I imagine. I mean, maybe we should get some um, PVC if it's if it's legal and and do a test to see how sque- squeaky it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, should we have done that? Should we have gotten the different materials that the costumes were made of in the movie and done like a done us a squeaky test on? We can. We still can. It's not like we can't. We can. Yeah. There's That's still time. What, yeah, and when again when we make bundles off of this podcast yeah uh we'll be able to buy as much pvc as yeah please support us really all all the listeners out there please support us so that we can you can fund our the necessary research that needs to go into this project the scene i really wanted to talk about that was so distracting to me yeah but in uh his conversation with his boss where he's in trouble uh, and the squeaking (laughs) i was gonna say they didn't cut that sound and it was going the entire time the squeegee sound was going in the background the entire time it was such a wet noise and and i was like was it supposed to represent that he's like really hungover or is he like just noticing things about like the environment around him like was it a glitch in the matrix or was it just like i know yeah because they be very squeegee 
they kept cutting back to the like sudsy soapy window, which I love. It's so wet. I was like, yes, I I love that. But I yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I was like, is there? I must be missing something because I don't get what they're trying to say here. <laughs> Uh, water on glass is all throughout mm-hmm. this movie on mirrors, yes. on car windows, on in this scene. Um, and I think it's like just things look, it looks wetter if you put wa- water on glass, I guess, because <laughs> it's like it all refracts. Dylan, more. That is really brave. <laughs> it is. Things do look wetter when you put water on them. <laughs> okay. It's true. Thank you for saying Yeah. Let, we are. <laughs> scholars and i'm scholar. sorry to like yeah. drop these huge theories yes that everything is shiny and it has a reflective sur- surface probably has has thematic significance and it's so goofy so like even the mirror in the the pill scene oh becomes a drippy liquid that you then see you get a down the throat shot oh <laughs> yeah Ugh. Yeah, and you know, yeah. there's there's other so there's there's other throat stuff, you know, when um yeah. so yeah, Agent Smith has to they they silence him, and so of course the way that they do that is he could have just not been able to speak. Like I guess he they mm-hmm. could have silenced him in any number of ways, but the way that they had to do it in this movie was they that... They could have been, like, off. Yeah. Off button. Yep, he could have just, like, not been able to open his mouth. No, it yeah. has to show, like, like his flesh gooping together and being stretched apart from itself and then, like, all fusing together. That's how they have to do it, which, I of wrote course... that down. I wrote in all caps, that's the first critical wet mo- moment of the movie. <laughs> Yes. Is the mouth is the having having no mouth and needing to scream just like that the like threads of flesh that go yes. across his mouth and the horror of that I it's just and then uh, we go right into the uh, belly button bug baby. oh yeah belly button bug baby <laughs> which so another critical web moment right after it but yeah we get to the belly button bug. And you were, oh yeah, so you were telling me you were watching it with Parker. Yeah, I was watching it with my boyfriend, and he was like, uh, if I recall, this bug isn't even that wet. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's digital. And I was like, Parker, I'm pretty sure we're remembering this very differently. And then they take it out, and even before it's in his innards, it's 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 covered in goop. It's covered in, in some sort of Slime, which is, I mean, courteous, because it's, I would prefer that to be lubricated if it's going to go in my belly button. I'm going to... Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Oh, they were being nice about it. They could have just shoved a robot inside of him, but they chose to make it be this thing that's fused with organic matter so that it just sloops right in, you know? If you're going to... Put a bug in my belly button. The least you could do is, yeah, make it be a little goopy and... The least you can do is, is, yeah, is make it goopy. Yeah, and it, so yeah, they get out this little bulb machine robot thing and it, like, 
pulses into, and it congeals into an egg, uh, and then of course bursts, and a centipede lobster bug kind of unfolds itself and flings its goo everywhere. And again, this is before before it's entered. So yeah, this robot thing, yeah, I think like anytime there's like a focus on flesh and like shifting flesh, and if you're if you're merging or organic and inorganic matter, there's gonna be like a body horror element. But yeah, yeah. so that and the whole point of the movie is like blurring the lines between like the digital and the real world. So that's I I get this whole yeah. bug thing. But then I could talk about centipede parasite bug things that go into an orifice. I could talk about that for we could do a whole podcast just on that yes and 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 i was like it's not an orifice what's an orifice it's not an orifice is like oh again what again the question is how many how how many holes yeah. do you have or or what where are your holes? holes yeah I'm gonna go on the record and say I do I don't have a hole in my belly button. Oh yeah, wait. So it like, how does it even wait, get? Because like an orifice is like a hole. But is it your belly button? So a Parker's hole? theory is that <laughs> not into you can't wait, Caitlin. You can't enter your body. You can't enter your body through. Your belly button as an adult. Well, but a bug, if you put a, if a bug crawled far enough inside your belly button, it wouldn't end up inside of you? <laughs> I, I, again, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not, I'm definitely not an expert on the matrix. <laughs> I don't think so. Damn it. I don't think it's a, I had a whole bit about this. <laughs> I again I'm not I'm not making fun of you because again I like I don't know what's going on but I I do want to tentatively say that you cannot insert something up your belly button damn it but okay but my boyfriend's theory was that because it's the matrix they can just make you have a belly button hole so they were manipulating his body like yeah okay okay i see i see what yeah. you're saying all right i buy that yeah but and also it just it looks cool and horrifying oh yeah so. and so i could st- yeah. yeah i could still talk about the concept of like a centipede parasite thing entering a <laughs> i still consider a belly button a hole not like <laughs> Just because, like, what else would you, like, an indent, like, a <laughs> Okay, it's like an indent. It used to be, like, a way yes, to get into That's why I'm thinking of it, because, yes. it, yeah, at one point, it was, like, <laughs> a way for stuff to enter your system. Yeah. And it is kind of like, and we'll get in, we'll get into the... the the most oh yeah we're wet part of <laughs> we're the movie which there. is his his, his rebirth pod. in a vat of yeah. goo and his being sort of cut off from sort of an embryonic source um like like the umbilical cord <laughs> yeah. um 
<laughs> so, so themes, themes. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say that I am anti um, paraphrase. <laughs> the in that I do not like things that burrow into the skin and control control my mind or kill me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be brave. Yeah, Hot my take. truth that I'm anti it. Hot take. Um, but I respect you, Caitlin, for having an awe. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, it. yeah, and so that's what I think when I. When I saw it for the first time, that those scenes, both when it goes in and then, mm-hmm. you know, they they pull it back out. And that's gr- that's grosser. That's grosser Ugh. than going in. What? Um, yeah, because Ugh. it's so because you see bl- it like fighting. It's bloody yeah. and fleshy, and, and it's and they didn't have to do that because then they toss it out of the window, of course, and yeah. we see that it's just a metal little metal bulb thing right but no they had to give us the visuals of the goopy fleshy stuff getting sucked out of them and this is like neo and trinity's second (laughs) exactly well so that's that date i mean that was a wet second date because it's raining the whole time of course it's rain it's raining like Oh. like that bridge is just, I said it's just it is down. there's an unsafe it's... amount of water pouring <laughs> off of that bridge the Adam Street bridge it is it is gushing I wonder and I I don't want to disrupt your your child your childlike wonder I wonder perhaps they may have CGI <gasps> oh that would really just burst my bubble I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so <laughs> Oh man, they. I mean, the CGI it holds up in some ways. In some ways, it does not. But oh, I'm gonna add gushing yes. to the list of words that defined wetness. I want to really lump some praise. Lump some praise. <laughs> I really want to just gush mm-hmm. some praise on Hugo Weaving's performance oh. in this movie. It is. Parker described it, he is caressing the Oh, woman yes. In a way that is very wet. Like, one of his first lines, I wrote it down because it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, um, Mr. Anderson, you are guilty of virtually every computer crime we have a law for. How did I not notice that? What does that mean? Like, that's cybercrime. Computer crime. And this is a computer program saying this. Which I looked, I did do some research. I'm like, that is, that is another way of describing it. But like, legally, Mm. you describe it as cybercrime. But this is also like a machine, the machine, uh, maybe that's in their system. They're like, let's just call them, let's just call it computer. Yeah, we're in a computer. And also like, maybe people weren't familiar with cybercrime yet. Yeah, that's true. And computer crime. Some executive was like... Uh, they're not gonna know what cybercrime is. You gotta change it to... Sc- they don't... People... Not everyone has a computer in their home. They yeah. don't know. No, that's probably what it was, honestly. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. I didn't even notice that. That's just a wet one line. Oh, delivery. yes. Uh, I think we gotta move to the wettest scene in the movie. The vat of goo. For me, this... This scene is just such a thoughtful combination of oozes that I, I, I feel like we really need to do a breakdown of the different 
layers of ooze that are in this scene. Yeah. So we immediately cut to underwater in like a pinkish liquid. Yes. And then, of course... It's like... Pul- and all the pods are like pulsating. Too. Yes. Yeah, it is It is moving, uh, pulsing pink liquid. And then we got a shiny goo membrane. And, oh, that goo membrane is like... It wouldn't be the same without it. Because then you got like an appendage just like stretching it out and breaking through... Oh, it's so good. And then you got a a thick, viscous liquid Mm -hmm. inside that membrane. And I mean, it is thick. It is like uh, mucousy. Yeah, he has to like like stretch his way out of it and like... Ugh. I know. I Ugh. hate. I. I. I've. Sa- I've mentioned this, but it very reminiscent of the scene in the Fellowship of the Ring where the, they're breeding the Urukai yeah. and they have to like push through that muddy membrane, and it's. Oh, it's it's that breaking of the membrane that just adds such a grimy, goopy layer to it. And then it we you know, we get the, an image of this pale, completely hairless man shooting out of the liquid and completely, then he like So every ugh. surface of his body. Yes. Oh and we ugh. and it has to be. Has yeah, to be why do they engineer humans to be hairless? Like are they shaving? Humans? So my okay i think it's that the hair never even grows because we grow hair to deal with like being at being in the world and weather and stuff Mm -hmm. i think um i don't i don't know the science behind human hair (laughs) um but i think yeah maybe that like after you know so many years of breeding growing humans like this there's just like no need for hair that's what I assume, but I also, yeah. I, there's a more important reason why the humans don't have hair, and it's really just to accentuate the goo, so that it shines off every, yes. every yeah. inch of you. Every surface, yeah. So that's the, that's the real answer, but practically, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think. There's, there's an evolution, there's an evolutionary reason, and then there's the real reason. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's sort of how, how I read it was we just didn't need hair. And then he slides right down the birth canal. <laughs> yes, and... Into a sewer. Into a, into a sewer. Oh, And so all of those layers of goo that we just talked about that make that scene so wet, th- that we hear all of that get sucked down that drain. Like, you hear all of it, and you... Ugh, all the layers of different mm-hmm. densities of fluids that were in there, they just get sucked down the drain... And yep. into a sewer, and that uh, the, these were mostly practical effects, and everyone was doing for the most part. Everyone was doing their own stunt work. Um, so also, pretty much everybody broke a bone during the filming of this of this movie, and they had it took a longer than they thought because they had to wait for like Hugo Weaving's hip to heal and. Oh my um, God. Carrie Ann Moss's uh, ankle to heal because she she was so grateful for the role and was so scared that they might replace her when she broke her ankle Mm -hmm. that she just hid it from everybody. Yeah, I know. 
But yeah, so they they were really insistent on doing their own effects. So in order to do this scene, it was like a um, there's like a little behind the scenes video of it, and it's like a water slide at a theme park. That's what it looks yeah. like um, from the outside. So that was it. Looked like it was a pretty fun oh, scene to film, terrible. but also like yeah. he really did get sucked through there. That part of it might have been kind of scary. And so so after after Neo. Uh, is rebirthed it's from here on out it's just wet metal I guess it's Morpheus who says this but I just feel like we need to highlight the line because I heard this line and I was like this I didn't even I wasn't even remembering this line when I knew that this was the wettest movie and I was this just like validated it so much the Morpheus says that he watched them liquefy the dead and feed them intravenously to the living. And I was like, that's the wettest sentence. That's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. And and also, yeah, kind of on another level, you can, uh, uh, this is clearly a critique of capitalism. Yes, oh my gosh. Because in the end, that is what capitalism Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did hear that line and was like, oh, yeah, like, that's so real, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is what the man, the man is. They are liquefying the dead. Yeah. Putting it and feeding it to us. And just, and the, again, the gruel they're eating. I think, um, I think Cypher literally says, like, I'm tired of eating the same goop every day. And I was yes. like, good, you know what movie you're in. You're yeah. eating goop. You're, you're, he says goop. if you, they put you back in the matrix, you're going to be filled with goop. Yep. If they, if the, the robots want to track you, they put goop inside, inside you. It's just like a goop based economy. Yes. Oh yeah. It, it's just, yeah, it's goo going in, goo coming out. It's moving goo around. <laughs> and so, yeah, let's talk about Cypher. Let's the, the steak scene. Oh, oh. And so you uh, hard you hard cut to scenes. a to a rare bloody steak just sitting in its own juice. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, that's a that was a wet meal. And this scene for me is I mean, I I think about this scene very frequently and mm-hmm. I think it's because so I couldn't my mom didn't let my brother and I eat red meat for a really long time. And I think she was just, like, she was afraid of it. Okay. I think she was afraid of it not being cooked correctly. And it... Right. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So I remember seeing this scene when he, like, eats the steak and you realize he's gonna... He's gonna betray them and all of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's eating steak. He's a... He's a bad man. <laughs> bad man eats steak. You're not supposed to eat steak. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And I mean, no, I, and I want to be clear, like, Cypher, Cypher's a bad dude. He's a, a traitor. Oh, also, I wrote this down. Yeah, he's a very wet character because his name is Cypher. He's traitorous. <laughs> he's horny. Um, he drinks moonshine. Um, his name is also, his last name is Reagan. Wait, what? Yup. Agent Smith calls him Mr. Reagan. Oh, oh I missed that. <laughs> so, uh, again, um, 
a little bit of a little bit of some political commentary. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, is his friend? <laughs> I can't believe and I never noticed them that. all. He sold sold everybody out and put everyone in in jeopardy. Um, and yeah. yeah. So then you know we got to go see the oracle, and yep. we get over there. And and I will say. During this part of it, uh, with the exception of it, like, taking place in the Matrix so that it has that green pallor over everything, I I was not noticing a bunch of wet things about these scenes. That's exactly what I wrote. I'm like, the Oracle scenes are pretty dry. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to say about them, um, other than, yeah. you know, the spoon's got a little bit slimy, but... yeah. I do want to say that this this is simultaneously like one of the smartest movies ever with just some of the dumbest moments. Ever. Like we have Hugo Weaving's amazing monologue about human beings are a disease. Oh. And then the next scene is Keanu Reeves being like, I need a lot of guns. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yes. And yeah, you do. Like, you have why like. Why do they need guns? Why are they using guns? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a computer program. Oh, yeah. And so then I do want to talk about that scene where Hugo Weaving is talking about the humans being a, a virus. Um, just. Yeah. Uh, so what a, a, what a great, great little mo- monologue. And he. That scene horrified me when I was younger and I watching it this time around I was like why what was it about this scene that was like almost as scary for me as the centipede and the belly button scene I mean it's clear what's what's wet and icky about this scene is like Morpheus's head is just sweaty and so veiny like so much sweat on those veins um and I was like but that can't possibly be and then his nose is all like there's blood all like dripping from his nose like to his mouth and I was like okay yeah that's that's gross but why still am I having this like visceral reaction to this scene and then Agent Smith like rubs his hands on or his fingers on Morpheus's like sweaty gross head and then puts it makes him smell it and he says I can taste your stink and I was I lost it I was like I'm gonna throw up uh I can taste your stink and him just being like a dissatisfied a sentient computer program that hates his job. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, kind of wants the same thing as the protagonist, just wants to get out of there. Just like both the protagonist and Agent Smith are just like, the Matrix sucks. Like we both (laughs) don't want to be here. Well, and you watch him do that and you're like, yeah, (laughs) like we are disgusting. what we've learned is that if you want to make a multi-layered movie that has many themes that speak to both our sort of political climate and the structural problems and oppressions that people face and you also want it to be like 
uh, exciting and fresh and new, just throw some goo in there. Like, honestly, it's gonna, it's gonna make it more memorable, put people in full-on PVC, have them do their own stunts. Uh, we learned that the belly button is, is a hole that you can take. <laughs> it's it's, it's an, orifice. an orifice in your body. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I want to just touch on one thing at, at the end of the movie that if, at, if until now you disagree with us that this is mm-hmm. one of the wettest, if not the wettest movie of all time, if we have not convinced you un- yet, I just want to say that what happens at the end, like how Neo defeats Agent Smith, is he schloops into his body if a if a dude just schloops right into a, another dude's torso and then bubbles up inside of his flesh bubbles up in his skin till he explodes that's one of the wettest ways you could defeat someone yeah. he just like he just he just goops right into him and then <laughs> bubbles up inside of him till he explodes it's like you can't Masterful. get wetter than that yeah just from start to finish a squelch fest squelch fest 1999 mm-hmm. oh yeah start to finish great movie yeah. it ends the same way as Greece. uh if you think about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes it does it does but has like an opposite message, the opposite moral of Greece, <laughs> even though they end the same. Oh, totally. Which is Greece is like yeah. change yourself, be inauthentic to fit into uh, heteropatriarchal norms, and it'll be and you'll get to fly away in a car. Whereas the Matrix has the opposite <laughs> message. Yeah, and it's like you will you don't need a car to fly up in the air. You will be able to power yourself up into the air. <laughs> Where we're going, you don't need a flying car. <laughs> you are the car. The car was inside you the whole time. The whole time. Um so oh. the verdict, I think, for this movie for me, when I get the graphics up for the for our scales, it's gonna look great. And the Matrix, yeah. of course, will be all the way, all the way on the wet side for me. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give this. Mm, I'm gonna give this like ten mob boss forehead foreheads of wetness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's maybe gonna be that's pretty high high up there. Uh, so yeah, I was gonna give it eleven shirts from limited two out of out of ten. Okay, great. That's where it lands on the scale. Yeah, hundred so, percent. All right, what do you think we should watch for for next time? That's a really good question. Should we watch Super Mario Brothers? Is that gonna bring up bad oh it is nightmare fuel it is so horrifying but i'm very very excited to watch it because i remember so little about it because i like refused to watch it for a really long time because i was so terrified by it (laughs) i don't even remember i don't even remember why yeah i i would subject myself to watching the mario mario brothers movie (laughs) is it readily accessible 
Oh, I don't know. Um, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> um, I uh. I don't know why it would be streaming anywhere. I don't know who's looking, who's seeking out the Super Mario Brothers movie, but yeah. But I'm sure it's available. Right. So- yeah, we should we should try to figure out if it's available. If it's not, we'll yeah. come back next episode and and say what we are watching. But uh, the goal, I think, is going to be to do the Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Movie. 